Chapter Ten of Ivan the Fool by Leo Tolstoy, translated by Benjamin R. Tucker. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Doreen Kaplan. The old devil grew tired of waiting for the good news which he expected the little devils to bring him. He waited in vain to hear of the ruin of the brothers, so he went in search of the emissaries which he had sent to perform that work for him. After looking around for some time, and seeing nothing but the three holes in the ground, he decided they had not succeeded in their work, and that he would have to do it himself. The old devil next went in search of the brothers, but he could learn nothing of their whereabouts. After some time he found them in their different kingdoms, contented and happy. This greatly incensed the old devil, and he said, I will now have to accomplish their mission myself. He first visited Simeon the soldier, and appeared before him as a voyevoda general, saying, You, Simeon, are a great warrior, and I also have had considerable experience in warfare, and am desirous of serving you. Simeon questioned the disguised devil, and seeing that he was an intelligent man, took him into his service. The new general taught Simeon how to strengthen his army until it became very powerful. New implements of warfare were introduced. Cannons capable of throwing one hundred balls a minute were also constructed, and these, it was expected, would be of deadly effect in battle. Simeon, on the advice of his new general, ordered all young men above a certain age to report for drill. On the same advice, Simeon established gun shops, where immense numbers of cannons and rifles were made. The next move of the new general was to have Simeon declare war against the neighboring kingdom. This he did, and with his immense army, marched into the adjoining territory, which he pillaged and burned, destroying more than half the enemy's soldiers. This so frightened the ruler of that country, that he willingly gave up half of his kingdom to save the other half. Simeon, overjoyed at his success, declared his intention of marching into Indian territory and subduing the viceroy of that country. But Simeon's intentions reached the ears of the Indian ruler, who prepared to do battle with him. In addition to having secured all the latest implements of warfare, he added still others of his own invention. He ordered all boys over fourteen and all single women to be drafted into the army, until its proportions became much larger than Simeon's. His cannons and rifles were of the same pattern as Simeon's, and he invented a flying machine from which bombs could be thrown into the enemy's camp. Simeon went forth to conquer the viceroy with full confidence in his own powers to succeed. This time luck forsook him, and instead of being the conqueror, he was himself conquered. The Indian ruler had so arranged his army that Simeon could not even get within shooting distance, while the bombs from the flying machine carried destruction and terror in their path, completely routing his army, so that Simeon was left alone. The viceroy took possession of his kingdom, and Simeon had to fly for his life. Having finished with Simeon, the old devil next approached Taras, he appeared before him disguised as one of the merchants of his kingdom, and established factories and began to make money. The merchant paid the highest price for everything he purchased, and the people ran after him to sell their goods. 
Through this merchant they were enabled to make plenty of money, paying up all their arrears of taxes as well as the others when they came due. Taras was overjoyed at this condition of affairs and said, Thanks to this merchant, now I will have more money than before, and life will be much pleasanter for me. He wished to erect new buildings and advertised for workmen, offering the highest prices for all kinds of labor. Taras thought the people would be as anxious to work as formerly, but instead he was much surprised to learn that they were working for the merchant. Thinking to induce them to leave the merchant, he increased his offers, but the former, equal to the emergency, also raised the wages of his workmen. Taras, having plenty of money, increased the offers still more, but the merchant raised them still higher and got the better of him. Thus, defeated at every point, Taras was compelled to abandon the idea of building. Taras next announced that he intended laying out gardens and erecting fountains, and the work was to be commenced in the fall. But no one came to offer his services, and again he was obliged to forego his intentions. Winter set in, and Taras wanted some sable fur with which to line his greatcoat, and he sent his man to procure it for him, but the servant returned without it, saying, There are no sables to be had. The merchant has bought them all, paying a very high price for them. Taras needed horses and sent a messenger to purchase them, but he returned with the same story as on former occasions, that none were to be found. The merchant having bought them all to carry water for an artificial pond he was constructing. Taras was at last compelled to suspend business, as he could not find anyone willing to work for him. They had all gone over to the merchant's side. The only dealings the people had with Taras were when they went to pay their taxes. His money accumulated so fast that he could not find a place to put it, and his life became miserable. He abandoned all idea of entering upon the new venture, and only thought of how to exist peaceably. This he found it difficult to do, for turn which way he would, fresh obstacles confronted him. Even his cooks, coachmen, and all his other servants forsook him and joined the merchant. With all his wealth he had nothing to eat, and when he went to market he found the merchant had been there before him and had bought up all the provisions. Still, the people continued to bring him money. Taras at last became so indignant that he ordered the merchant out of his kingdom. He left, but settled just outside the boundary line and continued his business with the same result as before. And Taras was frequently forced to go without food for days. It was rumored that the merchant wanted to buy even Taras himself. On hearing this, the latter became very much alarmed and could not decide as to the best course to pursue. About this time his brother Simeon arrived in the kingdom and said, Help me, for I have been defeated and ruined by the Indian viceroy. Taras replied, How can I help you when I have had no food myself for two days? End of chapter 10, recording by Doreen Kaplan.